after a much-needed break, Nipe Story is back. This is a fortnightly podcast that brings you audio versions of short stories from Kenya and across the continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mwachiro. On this episode of Nipe Story, we're featuring Kadzo's Kitten by Sarah Ford O'War. Mom once told me that you are a people person. I didn't know what a people person was, and I didn't get a chance to ask her before she left for Garissa and didn't come back. So I worked it out myself. I decided it meant you didn't like animals. And I think I can tell you this now. Knowing that you didn't care about animals made me love you just a little bit less. Only a teeny bit less, but still, well, less. Because I didn't think it was right that you only liked people. I'm not exactly wild about animals myself. As you know, I'm much more into football. That's my number one thing to do. And second place, it's cooking. You've never tasted my mahamri, but I know you'd gobble them up. You'd probably eat five without stopping. I have two joint third favorite things to do. One is watching the Premier League with Kennedy at the video den late on school nights. The other is taking my best friend Fatima to the beach in a new wheelchair. Even though animals are quite a bit further down my list, it still made me angry with you to think that you didn't like them. Didn't you know that animals and insects and birds and trees all need love too? I'm sure you know that now, that you've realized this. And that's why I want to tell you about what happened to me today. To tell you the truth, I don't think about you not loving animals much again. I didn't let it get to me. I had persuaded myself that you would change and hadn't given it another thought until this afternoon when I found a kitten. I've called her Cutie Pie Von Agbon Lahore. And she's hiding in the big cupboard box where I keep my clothes. I'm trying to keep her quiet. She's still a bit weak, so she's managed so far. But I need to think fast because she's going to start making a noise and needing to susu. And I haven't quite told Eliza that we have a new pet. I watched a program last week on Fatima's TV about love at first sight. It was about American people who fell in love the first day they met. It was kind of mushy. Fatima stuck her finger in her mouth and pretended to be sick when each couple kissed at the end of their story. I wondered how they could be so silly. But today, I understood because today I felt like I had been hit by Cupid's arrow. That was the name of the TV program. It was love at first sight for me and cutie pie Vonagbon Lahore. The way she stared at me, I wanted to look after her forever. And I know, 100% know, that you would love her too. She would win you over in a flash. I was having a day of contrasts, and you know how I struggle with the ups and downs that life throws at me. You see, it's not been easy since mom left. Eliza didn't appreciate one bit being given the responsibility of her 11-year-old sister. I didn't much appreciate being left with her either. I don't think I need much looking after. I think I'm very grown up for an 11-year-old. In fact, I think Eliza's quite lucky to have me around. I do all the housework and I sell chapati and maharagwe every evening and give her every shilling of the profit. Some people, and Eliza is one of these people, 
are never happy. And today, she had decided to punish me. And I don't think that what had happened was all my fault. Like it wasn't my fault that the peach tiled floor in her salon was so clean and smooth and shiny. And it wasn't exactly my fault that I was so excited that I wanted to tell her my only sister my good news. I had run all the way from the football pitch to her hair salon. My feet were throbbing because I'd kept my boots on and the path was rock hard. It was like running on concrete. I could feel where my studs had been digging into the soles of my feet. I pulled my football boots off and dumped them outside the door of the salon on top of the slippers and sandals of the customers inside. I could tell from the shoes that she had three of her regulars in. Mama Obado, her most regular of regulars, Kennedy's lazy older sister, Ginny, who was probably just gossiping, and Mama Jo, who'd got all high and mighty since her husband had become the minister of something not very important in the county government. I forgot how slippery the world gets when you wear socks and try to stop on the shiniest tiles in the county. And all I wanted to do was tell her that I had been selected for the county football team, selected to play against all the counties in the country in a town I'd never ever heard of. She must have just mopped the floor. It was spotless, shiny, and lethal for someone going a bit too fast in football socks. I jumped over the small brick step at the door of the salon, and before I knew it, I had lost my footing, and my left leg was heading high towards the ample arm of her prized customer, Mama Obado. I managed to adjust myself so I didn't kick Mama Obado. In hindsight, it might have been the better option. Instead, my foot hooked the stand of Eliza's brand new orbiting halo hair color dryer accelerator. It was already making a very loud whirring sound as it accelerated the drying of Mama Jo's new maroon mop of hair. The hot halo fell towards Mama Jo's forehead. She screamed as if she'd been branded, which I realized she had been. The dryer whirred and screeched. Eliza grabbed its stand and turned the whole thing off. The silence that followed felt longer than a game of football. I was flat on the floor. My fall had been broken by Eliza's rollers trolley and the hair rollers were bouncing and rolling to a quiet standstill all over the salon floor. Who is this girl dressed up like a boy running here like a mad chicken? I'll sue her. I'll sue you, Eliza. Don't you know who my husband is? Screamed Mama Jo. I don't come to the salon to be frazzled alive. She burst into tears and her broad shoulders heaved up and down in time with her sobs. Eliza grabbed ice from her tiny drinks fridge and gently dabbed Mama Jo's head, soothing her. I might not like Eliza, but I have to give her credit. She can calm the angriest of people. The way she made Mama Jo feel pampered, cared for, and not quite as burnt as she thought she was. A large one of my Mahamri helped placed in front of Mama Jo as if she were the queen. As she greedily took her first bite, it looked like the soft, sugary snack was purging all thoughts of swingers from Mama Jo's mind. A part of me wanted to laugh. 
I was still sitting on the floor and was staring at Eliza's legs. Her feet are a nice rich brown color that turn into a patchy mess of beige and yellow up her calves. That skin lightening cream is ruining her. I hate what it does to her. I might not be perfect in the looks department, but I'm proud of who I am and how I look. Why should she want to change herself? When I ask her why she uses it, she just shrugs. If I ask her again, she says very quietly, they like me lighter. Ha! Huh. Whoever they are, must be mad. She's getting all blotchy and she'll end up looking like a giraffe. Luckily, she stopped wearing short skirts during the day, so we don't get to see what's happening beyond her knees. I knew Eliza wouldn't say much to me now, not in front of the customers, and I was just thinking that it was lucky that the dryer accelerator halo had caught on Mama Jo's head. Because if it had fallen on the floor and smashed to smithereens, my life wouldn't have been worth living anymore. Get off the floor, you good-for-nothing idiot, said Eliza. This football rubbish is stunning you mad. Get out of here. Talk up. Talk up. Sasahivi. I was as quick to get out of there as I had been to get in. I grabbed my boots and ran round the back of the building and up to the concrete staircase that hugged the back wall. I slowed as I got to the top. I knew I was in trouble. I knew the punishment would be bad because Eliza is talented when it comes to thinking up punishments. I unlocked our metal door and threw my boots into the house. I rolled down my football socks, pulled the small three-legged wooden stool out of our room and sat out on our veranda. You, Baba, might not call it a veranda. You'd probably describe it as a pokey little concrete space. But to me, it's a veranda. And you already know it's one of my favorite spots. If I put the stool a few inches away from the wall of our room, I can sit on it, rest my back against the wall and put my feet up onto the balcony wall. That's how narrow my veranda is, not even as wide as my legs are long. I crossed them at the ankles and leant back. It's true, I have footballer's legs. They are long and strong, and you can see the definition of my muscles when I run. In the evening light, I could see the dust that had settled above my sock line from playing on our Sunday football pitch. The clanking of Joe's hammer on the metal at the garage below reminded me that I had one of my headaches. His hammer banged in time to the thumping above my eyes. The setting sun wasn't helping either. I winced and closed my eyes. I found myself smiling because today I'd been selected for the county under 12 football team. Only me and Janet had been chosen from our club. I'd played my heart out and got my chance. I honestly can't put into words how that feels. It's like something that shouldn't actually be happening in my world. When I heard my name being called out for the team, my heart felt like it had stopped. Then it started to gallop, and so did my thoughts, imagining how it might be to travel for miles and miles to a new town, to play football against the best players in the country, to get away from Eliza, from the salon, from the school, even if just for a few days. 
I wanted Joe's hammer to stop hammering. I wanted the Mitumba sellers to stop their desperate late evening calls. Beya kufunga, 50 bob, 50 bob, beya kufunga. And I wanted my head to stop throbbing. I'd been playing football all day, and this was the first time I'd rested. I learned back a little further. My mind was still racing. It was taking me to the tournament in that far off place. I wondered if you had ever been there, Baba. If you had played in a football tournament there. If that might have been where your talent was first spotted. If that's where I might be discovered too. I hadn't seen or heard Eliza coming up the stairs. I still had my eyes closed when she slapped me around my face with her right palm. She hit me so hard I fell off the stool. I was scrambling to get back up when she hit me again. This time with old plastic hair extensions that she'd weaved into a rope. Whack! 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 It burnt my legs, my thighs, my calves, my shins again and again as I hoped to try and avoid it until she decided to talk. Mshenzi! Pundawewe! Look at you! Daydreaming up here! Who do you think you are? Whack! 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 You nearly kill my customers and then you lounge up here without a care in the world? Whack! 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 I'd beat you to death if I had my way. You're useless, mshenzi. Completely useless. Get downstairs and sweep up all the hair in the salon. I don't want to find one single hair anywhere. If I do, you'll be sweeping the hair every day for the next month. Toka! Whack! Toka! Now, Baba, you might think I got off lightly. A few whacks with Eliza's smelly old hair rope and sweeping up the salon. But that's because you don't know me as well as you should. You see, the thing is, I know it's not going to sound funny, but I just can't touch hair. My own hair, I can't just about cope with. I keep it short in small twists that don't get longer than an inch. Fatima twists it for me when we watch TV. Anyone else's hair, I hate. I hate how it feels, how it curls, how it smells. That sweaty hair smell, even the smell of clean hair, I hate. Coconut oil? Yuck! I hate rough hair, smooth hair, real hair, fake hair. I'd do anything to avoid it. My teeth go on the edge and my throat gets smaller, like I can't breathe properly. I think it's called a phobia. Ordering me to clean up the salon is worse than any other punishment. Worse than a good beating, worse than cutting the grass at school, even worse than not being allowed to play football for two weeks. If I'm cleaning the salon, my breath shortens, I feel panicky, and I have to concentrate so hard to get the job done. And the thing is, Eliza and I had an argument about hair. There are times, very rare times, when Eliza can be nice. These times come around once in a blue moon, and when it came to me and hair, Eliza had understood. She knew about my hair phobia, and in a moment of weakness, Eliza agreed that I would never have to sweep up the hair in the salon as long as I kept our room clean, washed the clothes, and cooked our dinner. 
I wouldn't have to do the hair. And that worked fine. I'd always kept my side of the bargain. Today, though, Eliza had broken the agreement, and I knew that if I wanted to keep a roof over my head, I would have to sweep up the hair. I tied my red, green, and gold bandana with the spiky leaves on it over my nose and was feeling like a ninja. I took three deep breaths. If I was careful, I wouldn't actually have to touch any hair. I started at the back of the salon, sweeping from the far corners with Eliza's new broom. I'd taken my socks off and hung them on the door curtain. I knew that if I kept my socks on, hair would get caught on the soles. Pulling hair off the bottom of football socks is total torture for me. The salon wasn't big, but it was full, full of colors and chemicals and stand-up hair dryers and pots of oils and creams, shampoos and conditioners. I needed to be careful. I didn't want another accident. I slowly moved the plastic trolley of hair colors, and there it was. A tight, tiny ball of scraggly, dirty fluff with ears poking out of it. A kitten. She looked up to me with huge green eyes, which made her scrawny white body look even scrawnier. Her mouth opened, but no sound came out. If she could have spoken, I'm sure she would have said, Miss idea, Miss idea. And I know she would have said, please. She looked like that kind of cut. Polite, classy, aristocratic. And here she was, of all places, in Eliza's salon. I didn't have time to think about how she'd gotten there. I had to think fast. Baba, I still had hair to sweep and I had to rescue the kitten. She didn't look like she would survive much longer without me taking control of her life. She wasn't moving, so I swept around her until I had every bit of hair in the dustpan. I was going fast now. I grabbed a matchbox, threw the hair out of the dustpan into a pile in the dust outside the salon, and set light on it. I poked at the small fire with a thin stick and kept the bandana firmly over my nose. The smell of burning hair, plastic or real, is only marginally better than the smell of sweaty or oily hair on people's heads. At last, I was done with the punishment, and now I had a kitten to rescue. Back inside the salon, the kitten was exactly where I'd left it. My heart went totally gooey. She stretched out. I tickled her tummy. She purred. I think I couldn't quite hear. She looked like a much thinner version of the fluffy white pussy on the poster at Ahmed's butchery, which has cutie pie written in pink swally letters under the cat's paws. You're a little cutie pie, I told her. And that's when I thought I needed to give her a name. Cutie pie. But it needed to be longer because there was something unique and regal about her. I thought of the football team I was watching playing Arsenal in the video den last night. They wore light blue shirts and maroon shorts, which I thought was way more sophisticated than, say, red or blue or any of the colors of the best teams. And they had their striker, who was going a bit bald. He was called Gabriel Agbon Lahore. When I saw Cutie Pie, I thought about him because her fur wasn't exactly healthy looking either. I stuck in Avon because that sounds special too and important. 
So that's her name. Cutie Pie Vonag Bon Lahore. I'm calling her Aggie for short. And I know, I just know, Baba, that Aggie would melt your heart too. Wish me an Aggie luck, Baba, because I'm not sure she'll have the same effect on Eliza. With love, always and forever, from your supersonic football star of a daughter, Kazo. Kazo's Kitten was read to you by Zainab Dean and is Sarah Ford Award's debut short story. Sarah has lived and worked in coastal Kenya for close to 20 years. She loves football more than anything and has played, coached, supported and written about it. Sarah has started to write her first novel for children and it's about Kadzo. Nipa Story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from. Please do me a favor, write a review and rate the podcast so that others can find us easily. Also, follow us here on SoundCloud, on Facebook, we are Nipe Story, and on Twitter, our handle is Nipe underscore story. Nipe Story is a finger piano production. <laughs> <laughs>